Hello and welcome to the Feel It to Heal It podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Kelly, and I am a clinically trained therapist, emotional wellness and life coach, and healer. My mission is to help as many humans as possible feel safe to feel their feelings in order to create a life beyond their wildest dreams. Thank you for being here and let's dive in. Yay! Hello! We made it. Thank you for your patience. I was having technical difficulties. (laughs) How are you? Doing good. Not too bad. How are you? Good. Long time no see. We just had our session like what feels like a few hours ago, but it was last night. (laughs) Like 14 hours ago. 14 hours ago. Now we're just on a a different platform. (sighs) All right. Good morning to everyone who's joining. All right. So, um, Let's start with, yeah, let's start with a little grounding and then we can do a little intro and then dive in. How does that sound? That's perfect. Okay. So, and whoever's watching, if you guys want to join us in some grounding, you can sit up nice and tall, closing off the eyes if you feel comfortable, rolling the shoulders up and back. And let's start by taking a big deep breath in and slowly release. Just noticing how your breath is feeling in this present moment. Noticing any sounds or distractions in your environment. Noticing any thoughts coming up. And then refocusing on the breath. And then bringing your awareness into your body, just noticing any body sensations, any areas of tension or tightness, doing a quick body scan, relaxing your brow line, your jaw, your shoulders, your heart, your chest, your abdomen, the base of your spine. Noticing any tension in your legs or toes or fingers or arms. And sending an intentional breath into any part of the body that needs it most. And then noticing any emotions, any stuck, stored, older, stagnant emotion that needs to come up or any new or raw emotion, just allowing space for any and all feelings to just be here without trying to change them, but just allowing space for them. And then noticing any resistance, any resistance to being in the body, to slowing down, any urge for the mind to pull you back with thoughts or overthinking and dropping back into the body by deepening your breath, knowing that your breath is always available to you. And now together, let's take three long deep breaths. You can place your hands on your heart your abdomen or your legs, whatever feels best for you. Starting with the first inhale, we're gonna breathe all the way in, holding the breath at the top and slowly release. And again, breathing all the way in, holding at the top and release. And let's do one more, breathing all the way in. Holding at the top 
and release. And just noticing how your breath is feeling compared to when we started. Noticing if it feels softer or heavier. Just allowing it to be whatever it is. Just gently observing. Noticing if anything new has shown up. And remembering you always have your breath to come home to. And when you're ready, you can start to take any small organic movement, maybe some neck rolls or some side stretches or anything else that your body's asking for. As we start to slowly come back to the present. Yay. How did that feel? Good. Um, yeah, as we were saying last night, this is literally called fear, the feel the fear and doing it anyway. And I was like terrified to come on this live. Show. I know. <laughs> it's definitely helpful that we just uh, <laughs> did some breathing first and yeah. definitely was needed to start. So let's use this as a real live example for this topic because it's so important. So on a scale from zero to 10, 10 being the highest that the fear is, what would the number be now? And then I'm going to ask you again when we're wrapping this up. Okay. Um, about a six or a seven okay I would say. and so just for you know background context for people to know it's because this is your what second live ever yes second live ever yeah. yeah so it's a perfect example of whenever we do something new it's going to feel terrifying <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> until we do it anticipation is always the worst part mm -hmm. like before you go into the thing it's all the stories that your mind makes up like before actually doing the thing and it's like it's yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> our minds can our minds can be very active and come up with all of the all of the lies about all the things that can go wrong. But the whole point is you are feeling the fear quite literally and you are still here doing it anyway. So that is right. amazing. Yeah. So thanks yeah, thanks for being here. So let's do a little intro. So for those that um, don't know, Jared was a client starting, I think this April will be two years. So like two Aprils ago is when I believe we had our discovery call. And <laughs> just reflecting back on that discovery call, like just what a different person you were then compared to now. Like the best way that I could describe it for people is just like, that feeling of when you feel like you're a shell of yourself and you haven't fully like come into yourself yet, like even yes. just like physically, energetically, all of that, that's kind of how I view it. And then through our like almost two years together, it's like you, you come out of that shell and you're like fully alive and living and it's just wild. <laughs> it's really, it's insane. Yeah. <laughs> just thinking about the difference. It is really incredible. Yeah. Um, like I always say, thank you for everything so far. I'm really grateful and I'm just really grateful that we connected. Yeah, um, me too. The, it's been a journey for sure. It has. Yeah. And it started with, um, yeah, a former client. I think you had seen me on her page and then started following me and we connected that way. And since then you've done one-on-one -on -one with me, our men's group, Real Men Heal, and our men's mastermind, the Mindful Masculine Mastermind, um, and now kind of back to some one-on-one. -on -one. So <laughs> you've really yeah. like 
just gone all in, which is really um, so, so powerful and just such a powerful testament to your willingness to lean into the discomfort that is this work. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So why don't we start by, if you wanted to share a little bit about like where you were during that time of our discovery call, and then kind of where you're at now, and we can just kind of see where it goes from there. Yeah. Oh man. So when we connected, I was in a pretty dark place, I think mentally. Um, I was realizing it was a funny time where I had just turned 25. Uh, and of course that in itself brings up a lot of emotions. It's quarter life crisis time. Mm-hmm. And I knew there was a lot that I wanted to do um, with my life. And I realized at that point, I just hadn't done any of it yet. And I started to feel the fear and the push. And I was just like, had you know, like the voice inside of you was saying, you need to start doing this stuff or else it's not going to happen. Um, and I think realizing that was really powerful. And at the same time, I knew I needed some help to, to get there and to start doing the things because moving to New York was one of those things. And it was also an interesting time where I realized that I was putting everybody around me first mm-hmm. and completely, I didn't even know I was doing that. It was just yeah. so normal for me at the time. Um, and eventually I was like, oh, this is probably why I feel pretty terrible because I'm not, you know, I'm not listening to myself. And, um, yeah, at that time I was just, I knew there was a lot that I wanted to be doing and I knew I needed help to, to get there. And then, um, that's when I came across you on Instagram, you said from your, from a client that shared and then, um, yeah, who just felt right to reach out and mm-hmm. here we are. Here we are. Um, that was a very roundabout way of going, like getting there, <laughs> leaving out a lot of details, but it's kind of like the the start of it, I guess. Yeah, and and share with people where do you now live? Yes, so now I live in New York. <laughs> yeah, which is insane. I had to wear my New York sweatshirt; it was only fitting. <laughs> it was just such like a, I still can't believe it. I've been here for six months now, and. I mean, during our discovery call, we met for different reasons, but at the end of our discovery call, I remember saying to you, oh, and one day I would like to move to New York, but that's just, you know, that's like down the line. It wasn't really something I was even, it felt so far out of reach for me mentally because of where I was. Mm -hmm. Um, And now, yeah, I'm here and I'm so grateful to be here and it's just really, it's insane. I've learned so much just through breaking just by breaking through that barrier Mm -hmm. of like imagining it having it be a dream and then being here was was really wild to to go through and to be um experiencing now so yeah yeah it has been a journey for sure yeah I think that's it's such a good example of when you were sharing in the discovery call that it was just one of, it wasn't even like you were coming to me saying, Hey, I, I have this goal of moving to New York. Can you help me get there? It was more of just like this kind of afterthought of like, Oh yeah, I I would like to work on just feeling good and putting myself first and feeling less anxious, all that. And then like, maybe one day that could be cool. Like it was still this kind of fantasy. And when, when I hear things like that, I'm like, Oh, okay, this is what your soul is wanting. And so let's get you there. Um, but as we know, you know, this work is all about building the internal safety that we need to actually feel safe to put ourselves first and to make those scary moves and, you know, being able to be with the fear of like, 
how this affects our attachment relationships and families. Cause you know, you coming from Rhode Island, like your whole family's there and your friends and like yes. your whole world. And that's something you and I share in common is that I also have that for those that don't know I'm from New York. So my whole family's there. Every, everyone I've ever known is there. Um, and so being, you know, leaving that moving to California and you're in case leaving Rhode Island, moving to New York, um, it's, yeah, it's terrifying because it brings up all of the fears, all of the unknown. You're basically just leaping into this like big unknown world of, you know, am I going to like it? What is it going to be like? How am I going to feel? How are people around me going to take it? And, uh, that really was like the epitome of you putting yourself first, I think probably for the first time in your life, which is yeah. wild. Definitely. Especially at this, at this magnitude of making a move this big. And that, that was one of the biggest things we talked about. I was, I was terrified of, of, of course, like what my family would think and like what all my friends would think and just everybody, um, because I'm very close we were, we're all very close and it's, uh, it was just very, a really big change all of a sudden for me to say, I want to move. Right. Just like, I was terrified of like what talking my family about it and like what they would say. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course it was a shock in the beginning, but I'm so grateful that, you know, after talking about it, I think it's made in my opinion, because I feel better now, I don't feel like I'm holding myself back. It's made all the relationships better because now this is something you always talk about too, but now that I'm feeling better within myself, mm -hmm. I'm better within the relationships as well. And that's such yeah. a, a big, a big part of it. Um, and yeah, it's just, I'm grateful that they were supportive, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it was just a really, really big, scary change. And of course the first few months were, really hard mm -hmm. uh, because I we talked about this too it really it felt like such a fantasy yeah and then all of a sudden I was doing it and it was such this liberating feeling um and then I remember when I first moved here I was only here for a week mm -hmm. and then I was I knew I was going back home um the week after to get Walter my cat and it was also Walter. my dad's wedding yeah. so like when I was there the first week I knew I was going to be going home and I was like, okay, like I'm here, I'm going home next weekend. So I kind of was prepared for that. And then when I came back, that's when it hit me. I was like, okay, I'm really here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the epitome of titrating the experience. You're like, okay, I'll do a week and then I'll go home and then I'll do right. more than a week. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it was really all that to say, yeah, it's really, really big shifts. Um, and I'm just, now I can say, I think it was probably the best decision I could have made for myself. Yeah, for sure. Um, for so many reasons, but um, yeah, there was definitely a lot of fear and anxiety, and like, what if this happens? Or like, oh, what if this goes wrong? All that stuff came up first. But um, I'm lucky that you know it's been a really good experience so far. Yeah, and I think it's just such a powerful testament to like when we first met. You know as we know, like coaching prices are way different than traditional therapy prices. So like, I remember when I first told you my rate and you were like, Oh, okay. Like uh, I'm going to need to think about that. And like, it, it wouldn't make any logical or practical sense to invest that much because you know, you're working your job, you're, you're living, um, in Rhode Island. Like it, it's not like you just like had that laying around to spend, but yes. And also it was this fear of like, what the hell is my family going to think if they know that I'm spending this much on my healing? 
And I can relate to that because I remember the first time I ever invested in this healing work. And I, I called my family. I was like, guys, this, this mentor is like really expensive. <laughs> like I'm used to paying like a $15 copay for my, you know, free therapy. And I was like, I don't know, but like my body just says like, yes, like you need to do this. And, yes. you know, obviously it was, it was the best decision because now I've not only done that work on myself, but I'm able to do it with clients like you. Um, mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, it's, it's such a really powerful example of like you several times, not just, I mean, New York being kind of the culmination of all of that, but really starting with that initial decision of like, oh yeah, I could go for this free therapy. Or I think you even were in, in the free therapy. And then I think it, yes, I remember I this. Like, yeah. Yeah. I and then I think you and like, it just, it got to a point where she helped me a lot. And I was grateful for that experience, but then I just got to a point where I felt like it was the same thing. And I knew I needed, I started asking her questions where I was like, I see, I know this is happening. Like, yeah. why do you think that is? And then it just wasn't, I wasn't getting to the root of it. Right. That was the immediate difference that I noticed is like with, with that, with that therapy, it was more talk therapy, mm -hmm. but with you, of course, it's more nervous system healing right. and getting to the root of the problem and the anxiety. And immediately that first session that we had, I remember saying, okay, I, this is so different. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it definitely, um, yeah, I ended up switching over to you instead just because it felt like the right move. Yeah. And that's exactly what it was for me too. Like after that initial shock of the price, of course, like it's, uh, hearing that was terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I had the feeling follow the feeling I was going to say like that my gut feeling was saying this is what I need to do if I want to get out of the position that I'm in yeah. um and yeah it was just it, it did change so much that initial decision yeah you hear that so many times about people making like an investment in something that's terrifying but they know it's what they need to do mm -hmm. and then it ends up being this life-changing decision that they made and that's mm -hmm. kind of what I feel like this this for sure has been yeah. And I think it's, you know, people remembering, like really thinking about what is the return of this investment going to be? Cause it's, it's not just financially, although you have had a lot of incredible opportunities come up of like feeling safe to actually get paid to do what you love to do. And that, that in and of itself is probably worth um, the investment and then some, but more importantly, just like the return of investment of how you are feeling in your day-to-day -day life. Right. And like compared to before, just being able to feel how you want to feel like there's that to me is worth everything. It's like the most important thing in the world. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So maybe we can dive into a little bit around um, just like specifically because, you know, when we met, you were doing you were doing photography, you were doing all the things you love, but just compared to kind of like it's just mind-blowing like compared to where you are now just in terms of like your work and your creativity and and all of that like maybe um we can talk a little bit about how that's evolved for you and then um yes. kind of what helped you feel safe to really lean into taking all of that a little bit more seriously for yourself of like oh wait I I do get to get paid to do what I love it, it does get to be this good right yeah there's, oh my God, there's so much that's different now. And I feel like a lot of it before, especially because I do YouTube also, and then it's photography and um, 
I guess the first thing that just comes to mind is with YouTube. It was something I really wanted to take seriously, but I was procrastinating so bad because I was so afraid of putting out a video that wasn't like perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, it was always a fear of like, of just, it's so funny looking back on it now, like what was actually holding me back, but it was the fear of it not being perfect, fear of judgment. And to the point where it would take me months to put out one video. Um, and now luckily through us working together and just like letting go of all the, the need for it to be perfect. And like the fear of just whatever I was even afraid of at the time, it was just, I think I just had so much shows cloud in my head that I just couldn't produce in the same way also. Yeah. Um, but taking a few months to put out a video to recently, I was just making one every week. Um, which has been amazing. That in itself, just having the freedom to not worry as much about it being perfect and realizing that it's more so about making and learning, making and learning. And then it's just that that upward tra- upward trajectory wow, yeah. of it um, that just makes it easier as you go along. Yeah. Um, there's no such thing as perfect. Right. Um, and I think part of it too is just... Um, the money, the money side of it is tough. I remember, I think, to so come moving to moving to New York, uh, we talked about this. The first photography job I got, the budget was way higher than yeah. what I was used to getting. It was because <laughs> it was the first time I was doing a job for a company yeah. that could pay like a lot like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I almost passed out when they told me because <laughs> I, I almost that. told them like, oh, you, I was used to getting paid like. 150 200 dollars, which was awesome to me because i was i loved it regardless which that in of itself was like a stretch because remember the first time you were like i don't know what to charge like maybe 50 and i was like jared you are charging more than that <laughs> and then i think we landed on like 150 that was like the stretch for you yes that was like the cap um and then this company reached out and they asked what my rate was and I'm just, i asked them what their budget was because I, I had a feeling I had never worked with a company at that scale before. Mm-hmm. So I asked what their budget was and they came back with like a, a certain number that was more than it was. I don't know. It was like definitely a lot higher than what I was getting paid before. Right. And I like, I was like, <laughs> I almost passed out and I got up. I had to like stand up. I was like, this is insane. Like what's going on? Yeah. Um, but then I sat back down and really thought about it. And I was like, yeah, this is what, it's a big job. It, and it was like a lot of work too. It was two days where it was 12 hours each of mm-hmm. me shooting, standing, running around the event. Um, and then just the days of editing too. But yeah, I think a lot of it, I felt like it's a weird thing when you start to do what you love and get paid for it. Because mm-hmm. it almost feels like it's greedy. It's like you start to feel like, oh, like I, I love this anyway. I, why am I like getting paid? But Right. It's part of the, I know, that's what's, I don't know. It's a beautiful thing. And it's not, it doesn't come naturally. It doesn't come naturally at all. Like at all. I still have these moments like to this day. And I've, I've been doing this for like two and a half years and it's still like, oh my God, like this, this gets to be my reality. It's like, it can still feel a little bit shocking to the nervous system when we're so hardwired and conditioned to believe that money comes only from, you know, either like working the hardest you can possibly work, which is just not actually true or, um, doing something that is not in alignment. Right. And I think, yeah, for you, it's really, 
you've been in this really beautiful position because you actually really love your job. And then all of this other stuff has just been like bonus cherries on top. And so it's been a, um, a nice way to kind of just build off of that foundation. Whereas I know for, yeah, at least in my experience, it was like, I was very out of alignment and then just needed to kind of make the drastic move. But it's so true. The nervous system is used to receiving or associating receiving money in these certain ways. And also just like when you start to receive more, your nervous system is like, what the hell is like, is this real? Right. And so even though like cognitively, that's what you want, right? Oh, I want to be able to work these big jobs and get paid to do what I love. Like we had to do some processing around, like you are safe to receive that because your nervous system was like, this doesn't fully feel safe. And I think that applies to so many things of we can want all of the things in the world, but the universe will only give us what we actually feel safe to receive. And I think that's such an important part um, for people to really remember and look at is like, okay, if I'm not where I want to be, or if I'm not getting paid to do what I love, or if, you know, I'm just struggling with my relationship with money, like, where are you not feeling safe to actually receive that? And for you, the fact that you were able to have that experience, it then stretches that in your nervous system so that you attract more and more of that which I, I believe you have. It's like, I feel like that was kind of the initial, the initial start to it. And then after that, it was kind of this domino effect where like you were getting more opportunities and then another opportunity. And then you were like meeting all these people that you wanted to meet. It just like, it was like, just exploded from there. Yeah. It's really crazy. I think that initial shock was the first time I felt the the feeling of like getting, getting paid to do what I to that extent what I loved and then you feel it once and you feel a little more comfortable with it it's just like anything that terrifies you like you feel it once you process it it gets a little bit easier the next time Mm -hmm. and then the more and more you do it the more normal it feels yeah Uh, and it's just that initial shock is like whoa yeah (laughs) it's a lot um and yeah just like anything else it's like the more you do it the more it happens the more it feels normal and then that's when the more it just comes to you and when yeah. you start accepting it and feel the gratitude with it, it's just, it's really, it is pretty incredible. Yeah. Cause now if you were to receive that, it would still be like, oh, wow, this is amazing, but it wouldn't make you pass out. <laughs> it would be like, oh, okay, this actually gets to be my new norm. And I think that's it, you know, that's a big thing with money is like, it really, it, because money is energy, it's really just like, well, how much of that energy can you hold? And like, in terms of value, it's just the value that we place on it, right? So when you start to get comfortable with larger numbers, it doesn't feel as shocking, but compared to where you were, it's like, oh shit, this is like a huge deal. And then that becomes your norm. And then you stretch a little bit more until that becomes your norm. And you just keep stretching and stretching until, you know, you're playing with bigger and bigger numbers. So it's, it's fun. It gets to be like a fun, you know, like how safe can I feel to receive more and more and not just financial abundance, but for you, it's been, you know, a lot of it has been social, right? Like you, when we first started, it's like, I want to be in community and especially moving to a new place where you're like, well, I don't even know anyone. And in such a short amount of time, like you have really stretched your internal safety to be able to attract 
people that are really in alignment, like people that you genuinely are like, yes, let's spend time together. You're even moving in with one of them. Like it's all, it's all really crazy to witness, but it's, it's a testament to your nervous system stretching in that way. Right. Thank you. Yeah. It's just, it really is insane to compare, um, my social anxiety levels. And I think so much of it is because I wasn't happy with who I was at my core. So of course I'm not going to walk into a room and and be like, Hey, like, (laughs) it's, you know, like not, I'm not going to be myself if I don't feel like myself or like my true self. Right. So I think that makes such a huge difference. And that wasn't even something I was aware of mm-hmm. at the time because I was just so used to feeling that way all right. the time. Um, so yeah, I'm just, it's all, it's really insane. So it's just, I'm still every day so grateful for it. Yeah. Um, and I really feel like now I'm starting to feel, I mean, I have, it's every day over the last six months, it's gotten, of course, there are some rough days still all the time, but just, being able to see the progress and just feel better than I did and just like wake up feeling better. It's just, it's so amazing. Yeah. And I'm even thinking just about how much more quickly you're able to move through things now. Like, like I'm just thinking about last night's session, for example, of, you know, there's something that causes fear or anxiety and just our ability to get to the root and then be like, Oh, that's, that's what was happening. And then you actually then shift it, which I think is the part that many people really struggle with is the integration piece. It's like, we can know all the things we can get to the root of all the things, but if we don't actually like take those steps to shift it and, and apply it, then we just stay stuck in that old wiring. And that's something that feeling the fear and doing it anyway, has allowed you to experience of like, Oh, okay, I can get to the root. I can process through this, and then I can actually take the action that feels yeah. scary. Like think about the first time that you went on the plane. Like you had never flown before, right? Like that was your right. first plane ride ever. Yeah. Yeah, by myself. That was my first. That was insane. <laughs> yeah, and you were like freaking out before, and then you did it, and I think it was this whole like spiritual awakening where you landed, and you were like, "Oh my god." <laughs> I was thinking about that before the call. I think that was probably one of the scariest things, if not the scariest thing I've done, anxiety-wise. Because, first of all, I'm afraid of heights. Second of all, the fear of not having, like, control over a situation is so high in a plane. Right. Because you're literally in the air in this metal thing that somebody's controlling. And you're like thousands of feet in the air. Yeah. And you have no control. You're just but obviously that's a plane. That's what flying is. But to me, just having the fear of it, it was just really strong. Um and for two weeks from the the two weeks that I booked it to getting on the plane, my stomach was a knot. <laughs> and I am I was like, I almost canceled it. I was debating on if I should just take the train instead. Um and I remember literally to the point where I didn't want to like talk to anybody about it because I didn't want to make anybody else nervous. <laughs> yeah. You also get superstitious where you're like, if I talk about it, then it's gonna happen. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I just didn't say anything about it at all. And then it before, like as I was boarding the plane, I was like, should I text my mom? Like I almost like wanted to tell her I loved her. <laughs> I was like so genuinely so terrified. Yeah. Um, and then getting on the plane and taking off was the worst part 
like I definitely had a full blown panic attack. Like I was like gripping onto the the seat, like the arms of the seat, and just heart was pounding. Um, and all the way until we got up into the air, um, and then I just like it's really insane. I'll get to that part after this, but like just like being in the air. I uh, was still terrified, and then just looking around at everybody else in the plane, everyone was just so calm. The plane attendants were laughing, telling jokes, and people were just reading and sleeping. I was like, okay, I think we're fine. <laughs> and yeah, for me, like, getting through that, I was still, like, on edge, of course, because we were in the air. But once we landed, pretty sure I had another panic attack when we were landing because you're coming down, and, like, that feeling of being lifted, I've never <laughs> liked. But, um... Landing on the grounds after feeling that fear and getting through it is probably one of the most incredible things I've felt in my life because my friend takes me up after like for, and we were talking about it and I was like, I can, what am I afraid of now? <laughs> like with moving to New York right? in my head, I was like, nothing will top the feeling that I felt when we were going up in the air. And I literally thought we were going to like crash and just the anxiety that I felt in that moment was just I for sure felt every emotion on like the spectrum like, yeah. possible. Um, your life flashing before your eyes. You're like, this is yes. it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so like, this is not normal, but it's such a normal thing. Obviously it's flying, but when you have anxiety, it literally makes it feel life or death. As we, like, yeah. When you've never done it before, it was like a brand new experience for you. And which yes. is again, like such an example of we don't do things that would actually be helpful to overcome those fears because of the fear. And right. for you, it's like you felt the fear and you did it anyway. And then that helped you release and shift the fear. And then it yes. led you to doing other similar things like taking, what was it? Taking the subway for the first time in New York. Yes. You're like, what, yeah. what is this wild land of the subway in New York city? Yes. And then now it's like your normal thing where you do it all the time. Right. Yeah, I started, that's when I find it really, it opened my eyes to that feeling. That I, I'm so fascinated by that idea now. Because I noticed it's the same feeling every time you do something new and scary. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the plane was just such a bigger deal because it was more dangerous than like the others, in, like dangerous in terms of what else I was doing. But I, it was the same feeling where... For me, like talking, social anxiety wise, like talking to somebody new that I wanted to introduce myself to. It was the same gut wrenching fear, mm -hmm. but not as intense. But I knew because I did the plane, I was like, okay, this is the same feeling. My mind is going to make up all these reasons to not do it, but it's just your mind trying to keep you safe. Yeah. And it doesn't, it's, that also was something huge that I learned like through us working together is that quote that's like your mind tries to keep you safe oh your mind is there to keep you uh, alive, alive not to yeah. keep you happy mm -hmm. that is like mind blowing because then that's when I made that's when I just realized like your mind is going to make up all these reasons to not do something yeah but when you actually do it and you realize that your mind was just playing tricks on you then that's a huge shift yeah totally then it's just you can talk to the person and you're not going to die <laughs> it's like, yeah <laughs> yeah really interesting I just like that was very eye-opening yeah and like because of that shift you like speaking of meeting people like you have I mean New York is is filled with you know people all around that you you know if you're if you're hoping to run into anyone probably is going to happen in New York um right. and you gave the example of 
yeah, one person that you had been a fan of for a while and then feeling too scared to say anything when you saw them the first time. And then the universe like gave you this second chance and you just went for it. And then I was like, oh, okay. Like I got this. Um, and, and more importantly too, like really for you, it's been seeing yourself as an equal and as just another one of those artists, right? Like, oh, these are people I admire, but also really owning your own wisdom and gifts and creativity and and worth. Um, because again, like you could be the most talented photographer in the world, but if your nervous system is stuck in survival mode around it, you're not going to feel safe to actually share your gifts. And, you know, you've done such a beautiful job of that so far, which clearly you have some fans on here because we have the, the photographer goat. <laughs> and then we've been following each other for a while and I mean, Zach, your portraits are incredible. And thank you. That's cool. Thank you for saying that. Oh, Jared inspired me into getting out of my comfort zone and dealing with that pressure better, especially through photography. But I hope many people get their own Jared in their own hobbies and make it through. That's so sweet. That's so awesome. I really appreciate that. And it's, yeah, it's so funny. Like, exactly like you were just saying, I think, like, for the longest time, I just, I'm still working through it. And I've definitely gotten a lot better, but like the first time I met somebody here in New York that I really looked up to, I, I, we talked about this actually one night I almost, (laughs) again, I almost passed out because I was all of a sudden surrounded by people that I really have looked up to for a while and I've admired their work and they're really inspiring to me. And then I was there like talking to them and then it just all of a sudden, um, it, like you're saying, it didn't feel safe to me at all of a sudden, like be in that situation. Um, and I was putting everybody on a pedestal and like not, um, really just not seeing myself eye level with them. I was Mm -hmm. putting like their talent level above like who we are as people. And it's like, just at the end of the day, like we're all doing this, we're all just doing something that we love. Yeah. Um, And I think being here has been really important for me to realize that because Mm -hmm. like, we're literally, that's it. Like we're all just doing what we love and. I was just putting people on a pedestal for, for a long time. Yeah. Um, so it's really interesting, but. I think my, my favorite example so far has been um, the one where, you know, you were such a fan of this person and then you found out they were actually a huge fan of yours. And that, right. that took you both right off the pedestal. It's <laughs> like, oh wait, we're, we're both just fan, fan humaning over each other. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, it's really, I'll say it here because we're talking about it, but I said to you last night that <laughs> this is crazy. Like they were treating me like an equal. Yeah. And that sounds so awful to say out loud, but for me to, when I, I was literally folding laundry the next day and I was thinking about that. I was like, why did this bother me so much? Or why did this affect me so much? And I said in my head, it's because they were treating me like an equal. And then I literally stopped and I laughed to myself. I was like, that's insane. <laughs> like, it sounds that's so awful to say about yourself, but right. it really was eye-opening to show me where I actually was. Like, yeah. What I was actually thinking about myself and really feeling and just my own potential. And um, yeah, it's just that started another shift recently that I'm working through at the moment. Right. Um, it's like we are, again, we're just doing what we love and that's it. Yeah. But and it's, it's insane. 
Yeah. It's, it's showing you where, like you said, like how you've been viewing yourself, like even just the fact that your nervous system and your mind would expect to be treated less than an equal, right? Like that says a lot of like, oh, how are you treating yourself and how are you viewing yourself? And where do we get lost in these external factors that actually don't have any importance, like followers or subscribers or things that like our egos can just make so much meaning around. Yeah. Ali said, de-pedestalizing people is huge. Something I worked on a lot, which is why both of you are my clients, because we attract, you know, we attract the clients that are past versions of ourselves and pedestaling people is something that I've had to work on big time. So now as I'm working through it, I get to help you guys work through it, but it really all just comes down to, yeah, self-worth and self-belief and feeling safe to really own you and the magic of you. And something that I had to work through big time was I would either put others on a pedestal or I would, my ego would get inflamed and I would put myself on a pedestal and not in a like, Like we need a healthy ego, right? We need like ego is just sense of self. So we need a strong sense of self. We need a strong, what's called an egoic container. But when we put ourselves on the pedestal and our ego gets too inflamed, it's actually this like overcompensation of not feeling enough to just be grounded and equal with everyone else. So I would either put myself on the pedestal or I would put other people on the pedestal and either way, it's just the root of that is, oh, I'm not actually believing in the magic of me. And I'm believing that some, some external thing, right. Followers, money, you know, whatever, whatever it might be that that makes meaning about that person. Um, And I was listening to this podcast last night and they were talking about like, well, would you ever, Like if you think about it as if you view people who have more money, more followers, like whatever, as more worthy, would you, would the same apply for people that don't have as much? So if you're looking at someone with less money, are you devaluing them? Are you saying they're not as worthy? No, of course not. Right. Like, so when you think about it that way, it's like, well, if I'm not going to say that someone who makes less money or has less followers or whatever the external factor is, is less worthy. Why would I be making this person who has more of those things more worthy? And then we have to look at how we fall into that of like, again, either the over or under um, pedestaling ourselves or undervaluing ourselves because either way it is undervaluing ourselves. And when we come back to our true core, authentic, highest self knowing and being, it's like, none of that shit matters. Like all that matters is, do we feel safe to own our own magic? And the more we do, the more we feel safe to appreciate other people's magic from a grounded place, not from a disconnecting me and putting them on this higher ground that doesn't exist. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. it's, It's really insane. And I think something I really didn't, that was like the norm for me for so long. I didn't understand where it was coming from. And through us working together, I realized that I felt like any sort of confidence in what I was doing was like was cocky. cocky. <laughs> Every I, time. I didn't know that was happening. And like any type of like belief I had or like any little bit of confidence that I had in something, I was like shoving it down because I didn't want to be seen as cocky or, uh, and that affected me in so many ways. Yeah. Because obviously that's like, 
if someone compliments me, I'm like, oh no, don't. <laughs> like I don't because I was afraid of the like whatever my own fears were, the right. being cocky or being too confident. And it's no, it's like just not nobody is thinking that ever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's really crazy. Yeah, which then we have to look at how is that affecting like our ability to receive a compliment? How is that affecting our ability to receive income or the things that we want, like other things in our lives? So right. it's all interconnected. And then if we really break down the root of, well, this fear of being too confident or too much or too cocky, like the root of that, as we uncovered last night too, is really loss, right? Like, oh, if I come off this way and I'm rejected for it, then I may lose people. And that younger part of us, our inner child is terrified of that. And so we're going to then do anything we can to stay small and it feels safer of like, oh, I'm going to just be self-deprecating because that feels safer than risking other people, you know, judging me or rejecting me. And so a lot of this work that we've done is just like showing little you that, oh, you are so safe to take up space. You are so safe to use your voice. You are so like safe to believe in yourself and know that anyone that you lose from being your most authentic self is not anyone that you're meant to have an alignment in your life anyway. And right. as you've seen, the more you that you have allowed yourself to be, the more that you have attracted people into your life that you would have never attracted before because you weren't in alignment with your true self. So right. it's, you know, you can see so, so easily the, the difference of those two things. Definitely. Yeah. It's really insane. And like before moving here, it's so funny. My expectations for what I wanted it to be like moving here, like I had my dreams and like my idea of what it was going to be like, but it was to the point where I was like, okay, I know exactly what neighborhood I want to live in. So now I'm going to find two or three other people that are also artists. We're all going to do YouTube together. It's going to be great. And then when I actually started, that was like my dream and that's what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was kind of hoping for right off the bat. And then obviously when I started looking um, at apartments and trying to find roommates, it was a lot harder than it just knew that wasn't probably wasn't going to be the first step mm -hmm. <laughs> that happened. But I still knew I wanted to connect with that type of community of just I wanted to find people who are also making stuff here. Um, because coming from Rhode Island, it's Providence is a very creative city. There's a lot of really talented people there. It's such an awesome space wow. to be in. And for me to move to a new city, I was like, oh no. Like I know there are people, there are people there too. Um, but I just I had no idea where to start mm -hmm. and like how it would happen and like where they would come in. But I knew at some point, I was like, I'm gonna meet people at some point. Um, it just might take a little bit of time. And then sure enough, like I now being here for six months, like I, I started, I got lucky because I started to reach out to certain people and stuff, but I was connected to the creative, the creators NYC is a group that I spend a lot of time with now. And I became <laughs> friends with the founder of the group. And now he does YouTube. He's a photographer, videographer, and, and now we're going to move in together. And it's like, that's what I wanted initially. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's really insane. And like the, the, all the fear is coming up around it. And, but now like he said, I'm starting to, because I'm putting myself, because I'm making more YouTube videos myself and because I'm feeling better about myself as a person and just creatively in general. Now I am starting to meet the people here that I wanted to. And it's just, 
if you're putting them all on a pedestal and if you're thinking it's this like fantasy thing that's way out of the distance, yeah. then you're not going to meet them because you don't think it's possible, but it totally is. You just have to get to that point yourself where you feel good and you feel like you belong and so much of it is your mind. <laughs> it's just, mm -hmm. it's really crazy. Yeah. Cause then you're disconnecting yourself from where, where you are and where you want to be. Whereas with this, and I think a big part of it that's important to note is that we had to do a lot of work of not attaching your worth to your work too, right? Because yes. oh, when yeah. we do that, the universe is also going to block, you know, those opportunities or those aligned people from coming in because it doesn't want you to believe like, oh, you need this to feel worthy. And so even right. you taking, you know, intentional breaks from, uh, like I remember that one session where it's like, we're just going to focus on desire, right? Especially because you're a generator too. It's like you're, you're designed to focus on desire and not like, oh, I need to stay home every night and work on this video or like go out and, and take photos. It's like, what do I actually desire? And like allowing yourself that permission to just fully live and have these experiences that you wanted to have. And because you did that, you then gained, you know, it's all that ripple effect of like you gained inspiration and like, kind of got that creative flow back where now you actually genuinely desire to work on these videos. Whereas before it was like, well, if I'm not doing this, it doesn't feel safe because I am a photographer, I am a videographer. And so what am I without those things? Yes. And I think this is something that many people can relate to. And like, I've had to work on that myself of like, if I'm not focusing on my, my mission and my purpose, like really just can I be present with just living life and like being a full human right. <laughs> and knowing that that's all connected like they're not separate things of like my purpose and my worth it's like or like my life it's it's all connected and it all you know it all ties together and I think just the fact that you literally manifested like your living situation um but it's a really good example of needing to release the how, because your mind was like, I want this. And the universe is like, okay, we hear you, but you can't control it. You have to release the how. And so it, you know, you had to go through some other steps to now get to this place where you are, you know, going to be living with another creative and someone that is really in alignment. Right. Yeah. It's like, I, it's also true. Like I was, New York moves very quickly. Mm -hmm. And I was months in advance on like, which is okay. You can do research and stuff, but I was every single day, months before the move was looking online, trying to find roommates, trying to find a room, trying to find apartments, trying to figure out what neighborhood I was going to live in, like, which is like good to do, but I was like taking it to the extreme. Mm -hmm. And then it just, it took a while for me. That whole process really helps me to be with the unknown. Yeah. Because I couldn't do anything else besides just wait and see what happens. And that was so hard for me, but right. it was such a good thing to, to go through because it opened my eyes a lot. Um, and the, the self-worth thing you were just saying too, is, is I, I had a really good conversation with one of my friends. He, actually, he just popped in here a little bit ago, actually. I'm not sure if he's still here, but oh, his yeah. name is Ryan. And we were both just talking. He's a photographer and he tours the bands, the graphic designer and we were both just talking about that idea of like self-worth versus um, like, you know, your work and separating yourself. I truly was only see, I think it came from a pain, came from a place of pain also. Like I just truly didn't know. I like really 
pushed myself down and was only really only focusing on photography and and YouTube before. Like it was really my it was my escape and it was my comfort to, to go out with my camera, which is a beautiful thing. But I really didn't know who I was besides that. Yeah. Um, and this whole journey now of, of like healing and going through this work with you and now being here in New York, it's like you that can't be the only thing. Right. And I saw that firsthand being here because I was out shooting every day. I was filming videos and I was like, why am I not happy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's because I just fully was not not present. Yeah. And I was focusing so far ahead, thinking about like what did, we had a conversation about that and you said something really eye-opening. Um and it was just the idea that like I was always looking ahead all yeah. the time. All the and, time. Like, I, all the time. <laughs> and like I knew even when I was 15, I was like the first time I was in therapy, I was like talking about I didn't feel like I was doing enough. I needed mm-hmm. to be doing more. Um and my therapist then was laughing because I didn't even have a guitar yet. And I was like, I'm not doing it now. Like this is what we should be doing. And she's like, I, please just be 15. <laughs> yeah. And my, my mom too is always saying that. And like now just being here, I finally realized I was doing it because I'm literally here in New York where I've always wanted to be. And I was doing the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Thinking like, okay, what's, what am I actually doing here now? Right. <laughs> you're going to live your life. That's why you're here. Right. Um, you were always and- kind of in the in the future, future tripping. And, and it was just like this coming back to the present of like, you literally are where you've always wanted to be. So now let's enjoy it before rushing to figure out like, well, what's next, right? Because that's our right. nervous system just staying staying stuck in the future, which really is just an inability to feel safe to be in the present. And the whole point of this work is feeling safe to be in the present, because as we know, trauma disconnects us from the present. We're either stuck in the past or living in the future. And it's like, oh, wait, you just got to this place that you've been working so hard to get to. Let's enjoy it and live, live a little, you know, and like, let yourself just be. Yes, definitely. It's, it was a concept that was really eye-opening for me because that's that was the first time I was actually thinking, okay, like there is more to this, of course. And it's like now it's time to really just focus on how I want to, like focus on desire, like you said, not just obsessively doing the things because I felt like I had to. Yeah. Um, it was more about learning who I am as a person besides these things that I was really putting so much weight in um so yeah that's just been a really eye-opening um we are not our work (laughs) right we're we're humans like we are we're people besides that yeah Um, and because you released a lot of that control like you have allowed your work to really evolve into like these new directions that you couldn't have even imagined or maybe you imagined them but you didn't really like have the space to feel comfortable going into those directions. And that's, that's a byproduct of just allowing things to unfold naturally rather than always trying to like figure out the next move and like need to know this and control this. And it's like, oh, let me just live and experience and grow and let things unfold and come back to the present. And I think it's just, yeah, really relatable thing that we we do where we intertwine our worth with our work and that's something I've had to work on so much where it's like my perfectionism I first of all I didn't before starting this healing work with my mentor I didn't even know I had perfectionism because I associated perfectionism with like 
those kids at school that like always needed to get the straight A's, right? Or like always needed to to do the best of the best. And I was the kid in school. I'm like, if I got a B, I was fucking celebrating. I was like so happy that I just passed the damn thing because like school was not my forte. Um, and so because I had this association of like school, I'm not, you know, books, like I am book smart, but my younger self was always thinking like, oh, I'm emotionally intelligent. I'm not book smart intelligent. So then I would attach my worth onto being emotionally intelligent. And then when I started this healing journey, I realized how much perfectionism I had around my own healing because I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm a therapist. I, I know how to do this. Like I should know how to do all these things. And my mentor would continually have to remind me, like, you are human. (laughs) So like all the things that I help my clients with, like I need to do on myself as well. And being able to detach the worth and the meaning from that and, and not attach on so heavily of like, oh, this is my thing. And this is what I'm good at. And this is what I'm needed for. Because then again, we're still placing that like safety and that worthiness on the thing outside of ourselves rather than internally and knowing that like I could be selling hot dogs on a street and quitting my whole business, which I would never do, but like, and I would still be just as worthy, right? Like that's the beautiful thing is when it comes from the internal, everything that happens externally is just a reflection of that. And it just gets to be like bonus because you're already feeling safe and secure and connected to your authentic self um, without needing all of that to like validate it or, you know, make you feel whole again. Right. Definitely. Because if you feel secure and happy with what you're doing, then it doesn't matter how everybody else reacts. Right. It's, it's all just a bonus. Like you said, and even if someone doesn't agree, it's like at the end of the day, of course, depending on what it is that you're doing, but if you're happy with it, like talking like art wise or your career, like if someone disagrees, it's you're not going to just not do it anymore because they don't like it because then you're not going to be happy so it's yeah if you're happy with what you're doing at the end of the day that's that's what matters because then exactly. you'll feel fulfilled exactly that's, I, that's something I never really knew or like was aware of it was always like I really struggled that's like a whole other thing I can get into but it's so much of it was putting external weight on reactions and if I didn't get the reaction I was expecting I thought I wasn't good Right. All right. Like I thought I was doing something wrong or whatever. It's like, I just, I was really, it's so much weight was being put on the external instead of focusing inward. And only like when you start focusing inward like that, then exactly as you said, you start to see that it, the external is just a bonus. Mm-hmm. That's not the point of it. It's what you're doing. That's what, that's what matters. Exactly. And, and it's like, when we talk about the external reflecting the internal, it's because that's where the growth and the lessons are. So if the universe just gave you all of that externally, it wouldn't have forced you to have to turn inward. And then you wouldn't have learned the lesson of, oh, I'm actually placing all this weight on these external things. And then you wouldn't have ever developed that internally. So then it's like, once you start relating that way, then the external starts to reflect that. And it's almost like the universe is giving you that reward of like, oh, because you now feel this way about yourself. I can, I can give you some of that external as well to match that. Right. Um, someone said, are we allowed to ask questions? Yes, absolutely. And just keeping an eye on the time, we should start yeah. wrapping up soon. Um, but I would love, let's see, 
just to have some space for one, you to share anything that, you know, you're available for in terms of your art, how people can connect with you, how they can reach you if they're interested in, um, you know, your photography or your videos or any, any of the amazing creative work that you do. And then I'll share a little bit about, um, Real Men Heal and maybe have you share a little bit about your experience in that too. And then we can, yeah, we can take some questions and then we'll wrap up from there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that all sounds good. So, I mean, on my Instagram is where I post all my work or most of my work anyway. Um, Winslow underscore J. And then um, my YouTube channel I'm posting on, I do photography videos and I've also started talking more about this stuff, like this life in general and anxiety and my experience with this move, and I'm kind of documenting it. Um, so it's also my name. It's actually linked in my bio, I think, on here as well, but just Jared Winslow. Um, and then, yeah, I do have a website as well, which is also linked um, in my bio too. Yeah, and you have a book, because since starting this work, oh, yeah. you like you have a whole book about all of the stuff that we're talking about. Right, yes. Yeah, I do. I have a photography book yeah that I put out and it was kind of like my journey of um it's called following the feeling and it was just how photography was really the thing it was my escape it was my first really my first way of feeling I could I could express myself and then um I had the pull to move here so that I followed that feeling and now I'm here and it's just all it all ties together it's really crazy but the feeling is our guide and our intuition if you follow that feeling, you never know where it's going to lead you. So yeah, and yeah, that that's on my website as well. That ties into the question: um, How do we really connect to our inner self? So I'll let you just, if there's any initial thought that comes up when you hear that question, like just throughout this journey of, yeah, how have you been able to connect more to your inner self? Ooh, yeah. So I think it's by slowing down, which I was terrified of. Yeah. Um, because when you slow down, and by slowing down, I mean, I, for a long time, I tried to keep myself busy. Like I would, I always felt like I needed to be doing photography, we talked about photography, I needed to be out with my camera, or I needed to be making a video, or I was working, I needed to be doing something to feel good about myself. Um, what I was actually doing was distracting myself from the things that I was feeling. So I needed to not think about the stuff that I was producing and more so just like stop for a second and just take a few breaths and sit and ask how I'm feeling. Um, I think that was the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then that's actually, that is a good question. Thinking more about, I think it's whatever excites you too. If you ask yourself, if whatever you're doing isn't exciting you, it's like thinking about things that have excited you in the past and leaning more into those things or trying new things. Like if this, if this looks like it might be fun, then follow that feeling and give it a shot mm -hmm. um, and see what happens. Cause if you, I truly believe like if you continue to follow that feeling of excitement and um, it's going to lead you to feeling more connected to yourself because that's lighting you up for a reason. Yeah. Um, so I think that's slowing down, asking yourself how you're actually feeling, what you want more of. And then trying to find ways to do more of that, that thing. It could be big or small, uh, no matter what it is. I yeah. think that's my answer. <laughs> I love it. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I think that's absolutely true. 
Um, you said some of us fight instead of actually connecting, some tend to wrestle with their inner self. Yeah, absolutely. And that is the process of really looking at, okay, where have I been conditioned to fight with myself and resist myself rather than actually connect to my authentic self. And oftentimes we need that space, like Jared talked about of, you know, following what lights you up and exploring who your authentic self even is, because when we've been layered with, you know, conditioning of trauma and attachment wounding and, and just the world that we live in societal conditioning on and on, we get really disconnected from our true authentic self. And so we have to allow space to really play with like what that is. And it's okay if we don't know who we are right away, but it's like, can we at least give ourselves the permission and the safety to explore that and know that we are safe to do so. So yeah, I would, I would agree with everything Jared said. And just like, even if you can start with taking three to five deep breaths throughout your day, noticing how you're actually feeling and slowing down enough to connect to yourself, maybe choosing one daily habit. Um, Jared's like really great example of the daily habits because <laughs> a lot of my clients fight me on doing them. I have my clients do meditation, chanting and journaling every day. And you have been so consistent, like from the beginning and you've really noticed, like, you know, if there are days that you don't do it, like you feel that. Right. And I, I'm the same way. Like if I don't do it, I really feel the difference. So choosing, you know, one, one slowing down habit, whether it's just breathing, anchoring to your breath or singing a song, like anything that can bring you into your body, dancing to a song. That's one of my favorites. Um, so yes. And then if you are needing more support, Jared was part of a group called Real Men Heal that my co-leader Anna and I run. And I believe JP's on here too. Yeah. JP was also a member. Um, and this is a three month men's group healing program. So after Jared did one-on-one, -on -one, we were talking about, you know, it's time to expand and deepen this, you know, the social anxiety healing. And, and there's just something so powerful about being in a group setting with other men who are healing and doing kind of similar things and just having that safe space. So I know we don't have a ton of time, but Jared, if you could just share real quick, like top few things that you got out of Real Men Healer, just like a few words to describe your experience for people who are wondering yeah. about it. Oh man. Yeah. So it, when you first brought it up to me, I remember being terrified because the idea of being in a group setting and talking about anxiety, especially with other men, um, I didn't know what to expect. I was like, oh no. <laughs> like, a lot of my fear back then was, of course, owning who I actually am, who I'm very emotional. I'm very in tune with my emotion and that's what makes me, I think that's what helps me creatively. Mm -hmm. But I was like, kind of afraid of that for a long time because I didn't want to be seen as like less of a man. So when you mentioned this group to me, I was like, oh no. <laughs> I remember I, I didn't do the first rounds because I was scared. Yeah. And then I ended up doing the second rounds and it was one of the best things I could have done um, social anxiety wise, because it just made me realize a lot. And like, we're all going through so many similar things. You just don't realize it. And just like hearing other, other men be vulnerable as well. And just talking about their experience was really eye-opening for me. Like I went in being super reserved and then the first person that opened up, I was like, oh, wow, this is, mm -hmm. this is awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, being in that space, I think it was four of us in total. Yeah, there was four um, of you. 
and everyone sharing their experience with anxiety and their their insecurities was really eye-opening for me and I normalized it mm-hmm. and it made me feel better about sharing so I mean yeah it was really really helpful for me and um I highly recommend it for sure and you guys in particular had just like a very cute bond like I feel like everyone really you know sometimes in groups every group dynamic is so different but sometimes just naturally like people don't vibe as well with each other and it's like you don't know until the group is together um but with your group like all four of you just like you really just vibed well together like you all kind of like played off of each other and like just were so supportive of each other like you guys would jump in the slack and just someone was you know having having a moment and you were like just jumping in to support them and um, and then in the mastermind group, two of, two of the four continued and, or three, wait, was it three? Now I can't remember. I think it was, I think it, was three. it was three. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it was three of the four that continued. And then it eventually ended up being two of you. Um, and so you had been in a group with that one other person for like a very long time. Cause it was the first group. And then the second one. And just being able to like do life together, like being able to come to a a common space and be like, hey, this is how my day is going or, hey, I want to celebrate this and be seen in it or, hey, I'm struggling with this and I'm feeling scared about it. Like having that support and not just the support because anyone can go and find a support group, right? Like there's always support available, but it's support where we're really getting to the root of things and really helping you focus on the expansion piece. And that's so often, you know, coming from the traditional therapy field, that's so often something that is missing is we just focus on healing and people can get stuck in that healing phase. Whereas it's really like the whole point of healing is so that you can then go create your life and go live your life and feel how you want to feel in your life. Um, and so, yeah, it was really powerful to witness you go from, you know, the social anxiety of like, I don't even know how to talk to people without feeling I'm going to pass out to like, oh, wait, I can, I can be vulnerable in front of people. I can support other people. I can realize, oh, this isn't just me. This is all of us as humans. So, um, yeah, it's really, it was, it was such a good group. And then JP said, Hey, Rachel, highly recommend he was in the first round. So he was like the beta round of real men heal. Um, and that was also really powerful because he's also done a group and then one-on-one work as well. So you guys are both just such beautiful testaments to this work. And yeah, the third round is now open. So if you guys are hearing these transformations and you're feeling inspired, like, this is your sign to just feel the fear and do it anyway and take that leap because you you literally can't even begin to comprehend. Oh, sorry, my dad called. I think I'm back. Um, <laughs> it's like, I don't know where I cut off, but I was just saying like, you really can't even begin to comprehend how your life is going to change. And I can say that from, you know, my own experience, but then also witnessing you develop this life beyond what you could have even comprehended. And so that is available to each and every one of us. We just have to be willing to choose courage and take the leap and choose ourselves because that's really what it comes down to. And like Jared said, when you choose yourself, that actually is going to be the most helpful healing domino effect for everyone else uh, in your life as well. Um, just reading the last comment. This network is really bad, but thanks a lot. I'm super grateful. I learned new stuff. Good. That's what we're here for. 
All right. We could go on and on forever because it's us and we can talk till the cows come in. So we will do this again. But before we wrap up, what is your fear level zero to 10? Mm, probably now a three. Look at that. I definitely went down a lot, three or two. So it, yeah. it cut down by half or more than half. Yes. And I feel at... much more calm now than it's always the same thing. It's like once you get going, once you start the thing, once you get past that initial, the anticipation phase, it's like it's so much different than, than you think. So, yeah. So it's a, again, just powerful example. You got to face the fear, feel it, allow it to move through. And then the thing is not as scary as anymore. anymore. So next time we do this, you might start at a two, who knows, right? Or maybe it won't even sure. be any. And you'll be like, wow, who am I? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's it's so cool. I love seeing it. I love seeing it happen. So yeah, well, I'm really proud of you. Thank you for facing your fear and doing it anyway and coming on and just, you know, you are such an inspiration to so many people who are maybe listening to this and are like, wow, I feel stuck and I feel terrified. And just hearing your story is so incredibly powerful, which again, is such an example of like, when we choose to do this healing work, it's the most selfless thing we can do because it doesn't only affect us. It is truly that healing domino effect of affecting and inspiring so many other people. So thank you for being such a testament to this work. And I'm just, I say it every day, but I'm just so proud of you and cannot wait to continue witnessing how you continue to expand. Cause I feel like it really has just begun. <laughs> Yeah. thank you so much I, I really appreciate it thank yeah. you for having me on this was cool yeah and um yeah I'm just as always so grateful that we connected in the first place so it's been uh, a, a wild journey for sure yeah for sure me too very grateful all right everyone thanks for tuning in if you have any questions or are interested in any of the above mentioned services just reach out to either of us and we will see you next time. And thank you again, Jared, for coming on. And I will talk to you guys thank soon. You. All right. Good. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for tuning into that episode. I will tag Jared's handle in the show notes so you can connect with him. Go follow him for any photography or videography needs. He is incredibly, incredibly talented. Cannot recommend him enough. And if you are interested in Real Men Heal Round 3 and want to have a transformation like Jared's, please head to the link in my bio or reply to the email and you can apply there or um, ask me for the application. I would absolutely love to guide you home to you. Thank you for tuning in. Love you all and see you on the next episode.